See, I don't think you to catch on to that. There we go. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 79 of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. You like how I had to sneak that in there? I had to actually see what episode it was. Every week, you think I'd come for... You think once I would be prepared, but no, no. 79 episodes in, still have no idea what episode it is for the first two seconds of every show. <laughs> so come on, even when we... Oh, no, go Even ahead. when we talked about this before you started, you still have to stop and think of it. Ben, I wrote it at the top of my screen, but I had to switch screens to start the stream, and I forgot during that one and a half seconds. <laughs> You're like a goldfish. <laughs> I'm worse than a goldfish. Goldfish is good for 11 seconds. <laughs> but we improvise, we adapt, and we overcome. Conveniently enough, tonight's episode, uh, we're talking a little bit about last-minute changes. It seems like, at some point, the best plans always seem to take a U-turn right around the apex of it. Just when you think everything's hammered in stone, something changes, and everything has to be replanned. And funny enough, you're kind of in that situation yourself, aren't you, Ben? Well, yeah, uh, and it did... It's gotten to the point now where I, I kind of expect it more often than not. Um, as much as you try to, like you say, pre-plan and prepare and have good ideas of how things are going to go, uh, the more you prepare, it seems, the less likely that is the actual eventuality. Um, so, um, yeah, I had a, a trip planned. Um, the participants have changed quite a few times, really, over the over the course of the the weeks leading up to it and uh and that kind of gave me the idea of this show i mean i don't want to get too much in detail this particular one but often or not when you've made plans you kind of need to be flexible you need to improvise adapt and overcome because it's it's almost a given that when you have a trip or you have something something's going to change uh you could start planning at the beginning of the year. You're going to have a trip here. And then it turns out last year, this time I had a trip planned for Kedji. A hurricane struck and our trip got canceled. There was too much damage, I think, to allow us to go. And yeah, I mean, and this season alone, just from the way summer's kind of been, it's my own gut feeling. Absolutely. Once again, no scientific, scientific method behind this. I got a feeling like this could be a real snaky fall. You know what I mean? Like the weather could change a lot. Uh, hurricanes. I got a suspicion that we're probably going to have a pretty good hurricane season this year. So it's real easy that in the very near future, plans could change real drastically, really quickly. Um, and just before I forget, be sure to say hi to uh, Jeremy. He's on with us. Uh, he Ooh. mentions you look a little bushy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the beard or am I just grainy from the, the camera image? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think last minute changes at least have happened to everybody at some point. And it's one of those things that, especially when it comes to bushcraft, camping, any kind of going out in the woods, you shouldn't let it deter you. Safe to say, Ben, it's it's better to kind of roll with the punches on this one. It definitely is. And, and I think that's what kind of makes the trips better in the end it's the fact that you did have to overcome things it's the fact that you did uh adapt and overcome and still manage to get a good trip out of it um some people will quickly give up on that they're like oh you know i had planned to do this with this person at this time in this location and all of a sudden the person and the time and the location all had to change a little bit 
and they'll get frustrated enough. They'll stop. They'll, they'll give up on to say, ah, you know, I'm not doing it. And I think that's oftentimes the wrong attitude to have things, legit things come up people, you know, especially in this day and age things, you know, things have, have gone a little weird for a lot of people. Plans change. People aren't sure of what's going on in the future. And, and for various reasons, things may not work out the way you had originally planned. That doesn't mean you're not going to have a good trip, but it's very easy to let that kind of get you down and give up. Um, so what we really want to think about and talk about is like, how do you do that? How, how do you prepare for that? And that, I think that comes down to being very open to the idea more so than even supplies and gear and all that. I mean, all that is kind of important. Um, but I've, I've only done a couple of trips this year, unfortunately, just because of everything. And every trip, you know, we had plan A early on, and it definitely ended up to be in a plan B, C, or D by the time it happened. The last trip with Jeremy, we had actually a different location in mind. And then as, as the, uh, as the trip approached its, its, its time, we kind of realized the place we were going to go was probably going to be a bit more crowded. There was some other locations that we wanted to try out. Jeremy's idea more than mine, I guess, but we tried a different location and it was in terrain and conditions that wouldn't have been necessarily the ones I would have chosen, but it still was a great trip. I very much enjoyed it. I'm very happy I went. Uh, I think I would have been very upset with myself had I not gone and not had a chance to experience something that I wasn't really prepared. But it, as it was, it meant that a lot of my gear changed. I had gone in with the intent to take one set of, of one tent, and I realized that this new location was going to be physically virtually impossible to set up this type of tent. So I chose a more freestanding tent. Um, if you choose a hammock setup and re realize that you're going to be out in the open, you're going to be like, may not be able to take that. You'll have to switch it up. It may end up going to a tarp setup or some totally different method. Um, and it's, it's important to be kind of adaptable and be willing to change and to kind of have the ability to change your mind and your your equipment or adjust your equipment so that you can't um hammocks can generally be set up as as a ground sheet if nothing else mm. and use this tarp as, as a cover uh when they got a screen you can often set them up like a bivy on the ground using that as a, as a concept when you start out means that you're not trapped in one idea you know you can uh, you can't adapt to a different location, different set of circumstances. And those are the things that I think after you've done it and you look back at it, what really makes the trip good is that you had, you were given a challenge, you came up with a solution and you came through it and it, and it was good and you enjoyed it. And Jeremy's probably still laughing at the tiny little tent I slept in. <laughs> Yeah, I was just reading Jeremy's comments. He said he'd like to see my beard light at a fire this all. Uh, but see your beard what? I'd like to see your beard light a fire this fall. So apparently, I, I'm gonna have to try and make a fire out of my beard here. Uh, if you check out my profile pictures at some point, there is one that's labeled fire beard. I actually did. Uh, you'll see me. I I just did a bow drill. Melissa and I were out, and I'm holding this thing up and I'm smiling. 
But what most people don't realize in that picture is it actually did singe my beard a little bit. I might have got a little too close. That's when I had that great big fluffy beard. It was very soon after that uh, I trimmed it back down to the more manageable length it is now. But you did make one real good uh, point there, Ben, which I kind of failed to mention at the start of this. is A plan changing doesn't have to be the people you're going out with changing, as we kind of started the show with. You kind of said it right there. It can be as simple as you go out and then realize what you were expecting when you went out completely changes, either due to topography, weather, uh, the location is just different than what you had previously seen. And I think that is really a big one that a lot of people uh, would probably run into even more so than the prior being you know the plans themselves just changed because how often have you gone out planned it seems like everything went 100 percent perfect you make it into the woods and all of a sudden you're like well crap this isn't what i was expecting yeah well i mean i <clears throat> i think i'd be lying if i said i'd ever had a trip that went exactly as i planned Girls, out and close the door, please. I'm getting, I'm getting the do not disturb daddy sign put on the door. <laughs> so, Jimmy, mentioning there might be a little audio interference. I'm just trying to figure out if it's on my end or your end. So, I just had two girls come in and dance and sing. <clears throat> yeah, but no, those weren't the, the cabin fairies or pixies or anything fun <laughs> but yeah uh, i mean it's real easy to get out in the woods and things don't go right i mean prime example our first trip out you and i we planned for I, I think it was like what plus seven plus ten degrees is what we were kind of yeah. banking on and it ended up probably getting down around two degrees and neither of us were really expecting that at that particular time and nor did we really expect the uh amount of humidity which we actually should have caught on to being at the base of a waterfall to be perfectly frank but it, it was just one of those little details that neither of us really oh heck yeah we're gonna be at the bottom of a waterfall there's gonna be a ton of moisture in the air and that led to even more being cold and you hear us reference that numerous times on our shows about how we we might have got just a little chilly well we never claim to be the smartest bushcrafters in the world. <laughs> That's very true. That's very granted. But no, I mean, and I think with that trip, what, what keeps coming to my mind is we were trying to push ourselves a little bit. We were trying to see how far we could go with, with kind of semi-minimal gear. Um, and maybe we... You know, we realized that having that little extra, it's really nice. But uh, that's part of the adaption, right? Um, as it was, we did rejig our gear a little bit that night. We did rejig how we were putting our insulation systems on and stuff to sort of get that extra few temp degrees temperature. I tried pulling blankets inside of the sleeping bag versus outside. I tried different things. And that's, you know, that's how you learn. That's how you, you would you adapt and overcome by trying things and learning what works and what doesn't work. No, a hundred percent. And like you said, you adapt and overcome and you arm yourself with a lot of good information that you just didn't have going in. Like I didn't, you were talking about rejigging some of the stuff there when I had originally, I think the second night, uh, I slept in my coat and everything as were the first night. I just went with my basic sleep setup that I had brought with me. And of course, after the first night, we learned that was insignificant right away. 
kind of on both our ends. So then you learn that you can adapt, as you said, uh, and improvise, and you can still make a really good situation. I mean, we weren't warm, per se, maybe, but we didn't die. <laughs> I mean, the second yeah. night, truth be told, we ended up staying up uh, later than we did the first night, just kind of chit-chatting around the fire, and I mean... That was worth its weight in gold. We we uh, That was the first time you and I had gone out together doing uh, yeah. bushcrafting stuff. So we got to learn a lot about of each other. We told some great stories. We're into a little bit about, about our uh, past experiences, a little bit of our upbringings. And we found we had a ton of commonalities. Um, yeah. It's actually probably one of the reasons we get along so good now is because we did have that time. And it was all because something didn't go to plan. So as Ben mentioned earlier in the show, there's never really, you should never really get two out of sorts when something doesn't happen to work out 100% the way you planned it, because all it really is is an opportunity to learn something you didn't know before, or generally it is. Sometimes you might have a real sour adventure, but even then, there's always usually something from even your worst adventures that you can look back at and either learn from or laugh about. Would you not say, Ben? Oh, for sure. Uh, definitely. I, like I said, I mean, every every trip, every time I've planned a trip, I, something's changed, something's been had to be adapted gear i wanted wasn't available gear i'd ordered sometimes didn't show up on time or gear that i had taken failed i mean that's that's that happens uh and sometimes it's just learning how to fix or repair or improvise that repair um you know some of them are easy tent pole breaks or is missing you you can sort of make one out of readily available supplies in the woods um some of them aren't so so easy to replace. I uh, I actually seen one person literally wrap themselves like a, a Dorito with a, just a a tarp because they they didn't have a, a tent system they could sleep in, and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It could have definitely come up with a slightly better better shelter net, but they were uh, let's be honest, tired and drunk, and just said forget, and they just wrapped themselves up in a tarp and went to sleep underground. <laughs> tired and drunk generates some of the best slash worst ideas on the planet uh maybe sure. a little experience there maybe not a little experience it's hard to say no. <laughs> that's a different podcast the digital uh campfire that we talked about in the past if we ever get around to that i got some stories that's more west pg more seven nr 17 that involve uh, a lot of other stuff. But that, like I said, another show. Now, Jeremy has joined us in the comments. Anybody doesn't know, Jeremy is Lone Wolf 902 uh, If it's the first time to our channel, be sure to jump over to his. You can YouTube him. I believe he's on Instagram, Facebook, all the good social media th quirks there. Probably even more so than we are. So there's probably ones I never even listed. But if you Google Lone Wolf 902 guaranteed you're going to come up to some Jeremy stuff. Now, Jeremy, a little history to him. Uh, he is another bushcrafter, much like ourselves. He does a lot of reviews uh, with gear and such like that, so you're going to find that in his channel. But more specifically, uh, we poke a lot of fun at him. He comes back over to our channel and pokes a lot of fun at us. Uh, we have a real good time. So anything we say, we are not picking at each other. Uh, if you're listening to audio and you can't get the uh, the kind of body language we have while we chat about each other. But yeah, so first and foremost, we're all good friends. But yeah, Jeremy, our little buddy over there, and I do stress little buddy, um, he, he is talking, uh, he wants us to talk a little bit about the deep fried turkey adventure, which was kind of a whole, it was a plan at organized chaos at best, at least for me. Uh, I had never actually deep fried a turkey in my life and Ben 
had uh, mentioned, hey, let's deep fry a turkey in the woods. And of course, I'm all for this. But it didn't really hit me until I arrived at the lake where we were going to go off is uh, you need a lot of stuff to deep fry a turkey in the woods. And we had all our gear and one canoe. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those things I had not prepared myself for at all. I mean, I don't regret it much like yourself. It was a great experience. I do it again. I think if you go in the woods, you should bring a turkey deep fryer. It is amazing if you haven't had deep fried turkey and especially you haven't did it in the woods, but it is, it is not ultralight by any means. And that's the thing. I was not prepared for that. I mean, we're still friends, Jeremy, you know, I love you, but, uh, um, but it was something I was not ready for at all. I, I knew you kind of had to boil, like deep fry it in a pot. And for some reason I had it in my head, oh, we'll just do that over a fire. And once Ben started bringing all the equipment, I'm like, you know what? That was probably a real good idea to bring the propane burner because I probably would have set the woods and myself completely ablaze if I had have attempted this on my own. And I learned a lot from this experience. But uh, we had a few little hiccups, nothing major, uh, balancing the weight a little bit. But, I mean, we caught on to that pretty quick. The weight yeah. itself was kind of an issue, but we walked out right where we kind of landed. We didn't go very far in. Uh, we had a great setup there. Uh, and, yeah, I, I mean, it, we planned it basically as much as, hey, let's deep fry a turkey. And really, that was the only planning I had versus, because uh, I just asked Ben, I'm like, all right. Do you have what we need? <laughs> and I got to, yep. And I left it at that. I didn't really think too much more about it, but just kind of rolled with the punches. Um, now, go ahead. I, I want to ask you something. About five minutes after I'd finished deep frying a turkey and I pulled it out and you, you bit into your first bit of turkey, what was the immediate thought that went through your head? And I believe, I'm going to paraphrase, this is the only way to camp was the words that came out of your mouth. It was the exact words out of my <laughs> mouth. And I, I was just about to say it again. My first thought was, if you ever go camping, we need to deep fry a turkey. Like, it has to just, it goes hand in hand. <laughs> it was the best thing ever in the woods. I mean, we had taken, uh, we had shot the hammock video. If you go and look on our YouTube channel there, we have the basics of how to set up a hammock. This is when I was starting to get into hammock camping a little bit more. Ben was a little bit more knowledgeable, still is. And he was kind of walking us through a basic hammock setup. And we did my hammock. We switched out for the whoopee slings. We talked about the proper angles and uh, straps. Like, it's a real good video if you haven't checked it out and you want to look at some uh, information on setting up a hammock. Ben does a great job of labeling it out and it made it simple enough that I could figure it out. So that's saying something. But in any case, we had done that all day and then we kind of... I, I mean, it was quite a while by the time we actually did it. Uh, we set up yours. I was looking at yep. the... You had used arrows for toggles. And I kind of yep. liked that idea. And I still haven't made a set. I just remembered about that. And I, we just kind of said, all right, let's do the hammock video. And I mean, the video itself is only, I think, 30 minutes. But real, it might even be less than that. Realistically, that took us a couple... I'm going to say an hour, hour and a half to shoot. By the time yeah. we finished uh, with the camera difficulties, which seems to haunt me, uh, and just positioning the camera, we had to do sections off it twice because we didn't capture enough of the video. Uh, I mean, there's quite a bit of time into it. And it takes quite a bit of energy out of you. And then once we had all that done, we moved into getting our firewood, if I remember correctly. And that was quite the process. Yeah. So by the time we got around to making this turkey and it finishing, 
we had very little food for the day. Not because we were starving ourselves, just we never really stopped to eat. Uh, and I mean, it was a butterball turkey that was just, I think it was a butterball, I'm pretty sure it was. And it was just amazing. So the smell of this thing coming up was almost therapeutic at that point. And then eating it, I had never tasted anything so delicious in my life, and I have yet to actually find something that's comparable to it. It was my first and only deep fried turkey. And if you haven't had one, you got to go have one. And if you want to have it the best way, get Ben to drag you out in the woods and make it somewhere there. Because I guarantee you, you'll never eat a better turkey. But, uh, yeah, once again... Tickets are only a million dollars a piece. <laughs> you can get them on Landing Bushcraft Adventure. <laughs> we are selling pre-deep fried turkeys. Um, but no, I mean, that was a complete learning experience. I went in without a plan at all. I was relying heavily on Ben and that's just, I mean, we kind of made it up as we went and we had a great time. I mean, that was a highlight of last year for me, hands down. I mean, we, we took 20 liters of, of canola oil. We had, uh, like a stock pot size thing to cook it in. We had the tea star to, to lower it in. We had the turkey itself. We had all this stuff in the middle. Like it took up half the canoe, really. Oh, and then it was me and you and then our camping gear. And it, the thing was pretty full. And like I said, I mean, it was a lake I'm very familiar with. And the area we stopped was an area that I had scouted in the past. So I kind of knew that we'd be able to get in there and get out. But we really hadn't sized up anything past the shoreline. And it was like a park and it was beautiful. And we set up the whole deep fryer actually quite a ways away from the camp. Because I knew there was a lot of coyotes and stuff in the area. And if anything's going to drag wild animals into your camp, it's the smell of deep fried turkey, I tell you. Um, and we never did see any. No, we didn't. So, Jeremy, just uh, what I'm laughing about here is never rely on Ben. Dear God, I'm glad you're still alive. <laughs> so this is the ribbing that I'm talking about that goes on back and forth. But... Uh... No, we never. He talked. says that, but I'm going to tell you, Jeremy does rely on me. He knows that every time he goes to the woods, if he gets lost, the first call he's going to make is to Ben. <laughs> never PO the guy that's going to come look for you. Um, I, I think we actually seen some coyote scat maybe when we were out too. I can't oh, remember now. Yeah, I think we did. And the other thing that we came up with, kind of rolling with the punches, was how do we preserve all this meat? after the fact because it was a fairly large turkey and oh ben and i are both pretty good sizes we could not eat an entire turkey in one sitting uh, i do believe when it was all said and done we had supper we had breakfast i think we picked at it for lunch and you still had like a container full to go home with yeah and so it was a lot of turkey and we kind of once again we're just finishing up eating we both kind of look at each other and we look at this turkey and go okay so what now and uh we did come up with kind of a an okay plan. It's not that I would recommend anybody else potentially uh, recreate it because there was some risks involved, but basically we used the lake as a refrigerator. It worked out fine. You know what I mean? Just happened yeah. to be. So we, oh, go ahead. We stored all the turkey back in the pot. We had cleaned the pot off. We stored it all and then we put a rock on top of it to keep it into the lake so it didn't float away because honestly, a stock pot pretty well floats. Uh, and yeah, the, the cool lake, which was only a few degrees, which should be similar to what the average refrigerator is at that time of year, um, kept the turkey decently chilled, um, very efficiently. 
so that was the the best method we had at that time because that was a that was late in the fall that was october time frame i believe was it yeah, not? i think that was in october so everything was cooling down and like i said once again we don't recommend anybody do that as a viable way of keeping meat uh it was cool in the year uh we took the calculated risks like no water got in we made sure of that there's potential if it rained or something like that the water could rise and our pot would have floated away like there was a hundred things could have went wrong uh, it just happened to work out for us and i mean it worked out rather well too so but yeah once again just kind of rolled with the punches you know what i mean we both had kind of cool well we didn't really have cooler bags we had food bags i guess which was the problem that was the best we could come up with yeah. um that was also the trip where we uh, tested out both our new sleeping uh, bags. That's right. You got your new uh, That night, I don't think either of us got chilled. Oh, my, good, my goodness. I, I was hot was the problem. Uh, both of us learning from our previous experience might have overpacked. But we didn't. We didn't have any more weight. I was actually lighter packed going on that adventure than I was going on our first adventure. Minus the turkey. Minus the turkey. Taking turkey, deep fry, uh, cooking grease, pot, and burner propane tank all off the table. Uh, my backpack itself was actually packed significantly lighter, including my sleeping bag. And like yeah. I said, I I can remember at one point, I had the sleeping bag open. And it was... Uh, so, as Ben said, new sleeping bag. The one I brought on our first adventure was rated for 7 degrees. Plus, I brought a wool blanket and I had my thermals. My new sleeping bag rated for minus 18 uh, Celsius. That's in its, ex uh, not its extreme, it's low end. There's comfort, something, and then extreme. Comfort, what's the three levels, Ben? You don't know. Anyway, <laughs> comfort being the first number, which I think is still minus five at the sleeping bag. Minus 18, I think, is like before you uh, start getting real chills and stuff like that. And then like survive rating was minus 23. So I, I usually pick the center number because realistically, by the time I put my sleep system on and generally a, a blanket, I meet that requirement. Um, and I do say generally. But even at that, at minus five, and I had the thermals on, I had jogging pants on, I had taking a long sleeve sweater of sorts. Uh, yeah, I, I had a stocking cap on, which I failed to bring the first time around. I mean, That makes a big difference. You're right. That alone made a huge difference just because you don't have all that thermal heat just out through your head, right? And I guess that's redundant thermal heat, but you know what I mean? All your heat's not constantly leaking out of your head. Uh, and the new sleeping bag had a better system where it actually... Dad! Hello, Willie. You gonna come say hi? What is that? That's Ben. We're alive. She was saying to go brush your teeth. <laughs> all right, babe. Go brush your teeth. Good! anyway uh see ya girls uh yeah the new sleeping bag had a system that would seal around my head it was loftier material it was just a whole different experience but from the first time when we had to you know come up with brighter ideas to try and keep warm we realized maybe the easier method was just to bring better gear and we might have went a little too far in the other direction but i can tell you this it's way easier to take layers off than to try and find layers you never brought. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my favorite method for controlling temperature is to be able to put a limb out, like a leg or an arm, 
and have too much insulation and not have enough and sit there and shiver and wish the frigging had something else. Um, but you live and you learn. And that's, that's, I think the point of it. That's, that's the enjoyability of, of learning what you can do of, of being able to adapt and overcome to the situation. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Um, a lot of trips people end up just because of, of resources, time, work, everything else. You have to plan these things well in advance and you plan with the best intentions that, you know, the weather's going to be ideal, that everyone's going to be able to show up on time, that everything's going to work out. And, you know, things happen. Uh, a million and one things can happen. I mean, vehicles can break down. All kinds of stuff can happen. And that ability to adapt and overcome and make the best of a situation results in you being having a better trip. I think that that's the thing I'm looking forward to. Like, you know, it's the unknowns that make memories. Uh, yeah, kind of because I mean, if everything goes exactly to plan, what's kind of the point? I mean, yeah. at, at the another way to look at this is look at the minimalists. Uh, ben and I consider ourselves kind of campers. We do a lot of stuff on our own, but we do bring the niceties like sleeping bags and tarps and stuff like that. But there's people out there that literally go out and they do like the, uh, the one knife challenge or something like that, which is something I'd love to try. It just wouldn't be my go-to, you know what I mean? But there's people that love to do stuff like that because they want the adventure of the unknown. Uh, Jeremy himself said his last change, his most recent was he went out in the winter. He was planning to bring a tent, sleeping bag, all that good stuff. Ended up going with a wool blanket and uh, a beef roast and had a great time. So, I mean, just going out and doing that, it, you have to figure out a way to come uh, solve some of the challenges that come up. And, I mean, it's the unknown and figuring it out and stuff like that that adds a lot of fun to being out in the woods. And a lot of people potentially miss that by trying to make everything go to plan too much. Sometimes it's better just to plan loosely and roll with the punches in between. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And I know, like, Jeremy actually thrives in putting himself in situations that a lot of people won't go. He he prefers the winter camping. He prefers, you know, the open tundra style, like the bearing camping. He prefers to take these challenges. And having done that, I know he's prepared for situations that that are out of the norm. And we do similar type things. I mean, I kind of enjoy the some of the more idyllic things, but I do really like pushing myself. So I'll often take a little bit less and just see what it'll work with. Um, because when you have too much, you'll just use it and you won't realize what your, your true limits are and abilities. But uh, yeah, never give up on a trip just because something didn't go right. Never, in my opinion, right? Uh, that's what's going to make it the real trip. That's what you're going to remember. You're always going to remember that time, you know, you, you lost your paddle partway through a trip and you figured out how to, how to jury rig something up to get yourself out. Right. Or, uh, I've heard one of my father-in-law was talking one time, time they were sort of wind blown to a shore for a few hours. And then later on the day, the wind turned and they were able to take their, their life jackets and use them as sails, you know, that adapting and overcoming and, and just, you know, taking advantage of these new situations. Well, if you don't have the situations, you never use the parts of your brain to potentially come up with 
the kind of solutions. You know what I mean? If, if you're never out of your comfort zone, you never really get as much out of it as if you push yourself out of your comfort zone just enough. If that makes kind of sense. Like you don't need to go to the extreme unless you got some backing behind it. Like I wouldn't recommend the first time camper try to run out in the woods and sleep during the winter with a wool blanket. Ben had a little experience, or not Ben, uh, Jeremy had a little experience behind there. He had previous experience to get him ready. He knew his limits. He knew if something went wrong, he probably had a way to pull out. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, anytime we take risks like that, it's always calculated. And we recommend, of course, that to anybody out there listening. We are we are advocates for safety at the very minimal of stuff. And don't think that's how you have to go out and enjoy every single time you go out. Uh, much like Jeremy, when I was younger, I used to try and go out and push myself as hard as I could in the woods. As I got older and maybe a little fluffier, uh, <laughs> I preferred a little bit more of the creature comforts, like a hammock. Uh, I used to be big on going out and making my own shelters, my own sleep systems, uh, and stuff like that. But frankly, I, I just can't stand sleeping on spruce boughs a whole lot anymore. I know if I had to, I could do it, and I'm happy with that. And occasionally... I get ambitious and I might make the shelter. And I think we talked about this last time. I may not use it to sleep in, but I mean, I keep the skills up on how to do it. I knew if there was something that came up, I could do it and I could survive it. It just doesn't necessarily mean I want to do it all the time or at all. If I can at all help it. But uh, well, yeah, you, every time you go out, it's a different experience and you can make that as much or as little of a challenge as you want in whatever area you want. I tend to like a shelter and sleep system that I can just crawl into, have a decent night's sleep and wake up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a great night's sleep really is important. Uh, honestly, if you don't get a good night's sleep, uh, it does make the next day and the day after harder. And so that's why we enjoy those comforts. But the ability to know that you can do without the ideal shelter, without the ideal circumstances and, and adapt and overcome it. You know, that confidence adds to the enjoyment, that confidence that you know, because you know that you could survive if your hammock failed on a multi-day trip and you could still get through it. That means that you're not out there worried that, that's, that you're dependent on that one piece of gear. That you you enjoy the piece of gear, you you relish what it gives you and the advantages, but knowing that you can adapt and overcome uh, does add to that comfort. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the point of today's show. I think is just to talk about not letting the little things get you down, not not letting that end your trip, or, or um, try try different things. Um, and it doesn't hurt to have those backup plans available. I mean, the trip I am doing this weekend, me and my wife are considering having extra gear in the vehicle. And if worse comes, because we're out for three nights, if worse comes to worse, we can always go and switch out gear. We can go back. We are going to be within, uh, within the day, we could go get back to our vehicle and, and back to camp. So we could do a day trip back if we had to. It wouldn't be ideal, but it's doable. So we are actually thinking of leaving hammocks and underquilts in the vehicle in case we aren't overly happy with our tent setup that we're taking. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of rolling with the punches there. Uh, I'm just reading a comment here from Jeremy, and I just want to interject a little bit because it might be a technical thing. 
Uh, and a pleasantry to yourself. He said, Ben, put your mic three buttons lower. Uh, Jeremy, is he coming in a little too loud? I might have a squelch up a little too high on my end. But the nice one on that is he says, P.S., you're beautiful. Are you blushing, Ben? Yeah, I, I know that. I know that you know him amongst everyone is a little obsessed with me, and it's just you know it's sweet. <laughs> but uh, much like Ben said, don't get hung up. Yes, All right, uh, there, Jeremy. Tell me if that's better on Ben's side. Uh, don't sweat the little stuff. I mean, I, I might be too much the other way, to be fair. I plan very loosely and kind of roll with the punches in the middle. That's just how I like to do things. Uh, I like the challenge. I like the adventure. I mean, you got to find your comfort zone in there, but don't be scared to kind of let some unknowns float in. It adds a lot to your experience, if I say so. Like, I think that's kind of what we've been saying this whole time. Yeah. I agree. I'm just checking my mic settings. Yeah, I turned you down on my end, too. I took you down probably one-third. So, like I said, I, I had to squelch up a little higher. I don't have a lot of control here. Uh oh Oh, what is that? Are we going to have Jeremy on the line? No. Oh. You mind, Jeremy? <laughs> I, I think I know how to do that. <laughs> one of these times, we are definitely going to have to get Jeremy on. Actually, we should... Uh, we did a three-way call back with fishing with Gary. One of these times, if you're listening there, Jeremy, one of these times you should come on with us, and we'll just, you know, chew the fat, uh, shoot the breeze, if you will. There's other things I could say, but they're they're not PG. And we do try to keep everything as PG as we can here, because we want our audience to be as large as possible. Uh, potentially, if we bring Jeremy on, that could all go out the window. We don't know because we could get rowdy. It's there's potential for that, but uh, I'm willing to take the risk if you are, Jeremy. <laughs> There's nothing larger than Jeremy. I mean, uh... <laughs> Jeremy, you up to four foot yet? I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm staying out of this one. I already made my two digs tonight. I'm good. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think that's kind of the the whole topic covered tonight. We had some input from Jeremy. Um, Alan, of course, joined us. I, I think that's all that joined us live here tonight, even though they said there was five people watching at some point. Tisk tisk, you people out there. You should be joining in. But anyway, uh, yeah, so long story short, don't sweat the little stuff. Roll with the punches. I think that, that sums it up for me. What about yourself, Ben? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. Um, you know, roll with the punches. Get out there. Enjoy things. Uh, we always say, you know, be careful. You know, don't take risks that aren't aren't necessary. Test gear before you leave. But it is good to roll with the pinches. Be ready for changes. If you have to change location, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't end a trip. It just means it's different than what you expected. And in most cases, I think you'll find it's, it's probably better. It's for the best. Um, I've always enjoyed, you know, not really knowing exactly how it's going to be. That is the... The adventure of almost any trip is, is the is the journey and how you get there. And if it went exactly as you planned, like you said, it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same value. Um, that being said, I actually have a ton of packing to do for my next trip, and I can't wait to get that ready. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that next trip. But uh, I think we got a few topics to talk about next trip, so or next next week. Um, yeah, I think we got so, our yeah, next I'll, two topics. 
figured out. So be sure to stay tuned for those and uh, good outdoor trio podcast. And you know what? I would love to do that, Jeremy. If we can figure out somewhere all three of us can go, um, we'll just broadcast live from one of the cell phones or something like that. That could be a blast. Okay, stay tuned, everybody. Maybe we'll cook something up here. Uh, October was potentially a month we were talking about at some point anyway. But in any case, uh, for me, that's it. It might be November. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll go any time of the year at this point. I think we're all pretty well equipped. Uh, But yeah, yeah. so that's it for me tonight. Everybody have a good night. Uh, We're going to let Ben get to packing because I know you do have quite a bit to do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, talk to you later, bye. Night, everybody.